It's the Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. Here's Rob Carney. It's the Thursday, October 21st, 2021 edition of the Heartland at Noon, brought to you by Heritage Insurance and Purposed Financial, working together to serve you better. Coming up today, the COVID-19 story, an emotional Chief Medical Health Officer, Dr. Saqib Jahab, addressed the provincial media in a conference call yesterday with a plea to all of us to do our part to help flatten the curve and take some pressure off our doctors, nurses, and support staff in our hospitals as they help us battle this pandemic. We'll share some of what he had to say and share the latest stance. Prime Minister Trudeau making a major funding announcement today as we continue to battle against the pandemic. We'll share the details and some of what he had to say this morning. On edge, no doubt, Moose Jaw firefighters have responded to at least 10 suspicious fires in recent days. And while investigators work hand-in-hand with police, we have still not found the person or people responsible. The latest fire destroyed a garage and damaged SAS power equipment over on the east side of our city earlier this week. Deputy Fire Chief Mike Russell will tell us what he knows. And hockey, Warriors hockey last night. Pretty good game after two periods. Warriors were trailing 3-2. And then the Winnipeg Ice erupted for seven unanswered goals for a 10-2 victory last night. In case you missed it last evening, voice of the Warriors James Gallo had a really good visit with the only Moose Jaw kid on the Moose Jaw Warriors, Atlee Calvert. We'll share that with you today on the Heartland at Noon. You're listening to 800 CHAB Moose Jaw, a Golden West radio station. Discover Moose Jaw news for Ivermain Place. Small town life is great when you're surrounded by people with big hearts. Contact today for senior living opportunities at Ivermain Place Central Butte. Good afternoon, I'm Haley Shirky. Several suspicious fires have occurred over the past few weeks, keeping the Moose Jaw Fire Department and police service busy. Most of the fires have been set on the east and south sides of the city. Here's Deputy Chief Mike Russell. Be vigilant. Uh, look after your neighbors. Keep an eye out. Uh, one thing I will say is if we can keep uh, debris and stuff clear from these type of locations in the back alley, being both you know, material debris or vegetation, uh, you know, get your leaves and rake them up and put them in bags and stuff like that, just so there's not an, an avenue for anything further. Contact the Moose Jaw Police Service or Crime Stoppers using the P3 Tips app or calling 1-800-222-8477 if you have any information. The Moose Jaw Police Service will be replacing a combined traffic services Saskatchewan vehicle that was totaled in an accident this past summer. The Board of Police Commissioners approved the early access to the equipment reserve budget for next year to purchase the vehicle. Here's Superintendent Devin Olenak. Quite honestly, with the way the vehicle sales and ordering is going, it likely won't be here until the appropriate, appropriate budgeted year in any case. The accident took place back in July when the police vehicle collided with a pickup truck on Highway 2 north of the city. A total of six ICU patients have been flown out of Saskatchewan to Ontario as the province continues to deal with surging hospitalizations. Staffing issues are becoming a problem and burnout is becoming a reality. Saskatchewan Health Authority Chief of Emergency Operations said a number of changes have been made, but ICU personnel are still strained. So instead of having a one-to-one ratio of of a nurse to a patient, now um, that that nurse may have to care for and and monitor two patients, or they may have uh, a non 
traditional ICU provider working in on the unit um, to help them. New modeling numbers show that ICU patients are expected to continue to climb if new health measures aren't implemented. Five deaths in relation to COVID-19 have been reported yesterday. There is also 246 new positive cases with 500 recoveries. This makes for 3,174 active cases in the province. In the South Central Zone, there are two new cases. Saskatoon has 63 and Regina has 36. Currently, there are 323 patients in hospital, 241 people are receiving inpatient care, and 82 are in the ICU. This weekend will be the first weekend of the Christmas season in Moose Jaw, and the city is celebrating Christmas in October. Downtown businesses will be decorated and open late, selling specialized products, food, or drinks. Secretary of the Downtown Moose Jaw Association, Michaela Turner, says this is the perfect time to shop locally. Shopping local in Moose Jaw is so important. Our local businesses are our friends and our families and our neighbours, and they have been faced with so many challenges the past year and a half, and they really need our support to not only make it day-to-day, but to, you know, have some joy. People can find out more on discovermoosejaw.com or the Downtown Moose Jaw Association Facebook or website. It was the concert that rocked Roswell's Park this summer, Homestand 21. The event raised $65,000 in profits, with $50,000 going to mental health initiatives for the Prairie South School Division and $15,000 for the beautification of Roswell's Park. Shay Jamison of River Street Promotions says they did not expect such an amazing turnout. I mean, we're, we're happy. We're happy with what we were able to accomplish yeah, for, for the benefactors of the show. And, um, you know, uh, we hope that uh, the community recognizes that uh, this, is a good, this is a good event to support. Jamison says you can expect a homestand 22. And now, the Golden West Radio Money Scope for Aaron Rustin of Purposed Financial, bringing understanding and financial success to clients for over 35 years. The TSX is up 3 points, the Dow Jones is down 127 points, the NASDAQ is up 43 points, and the Canadian dollar is down at 80.93 cents U.S. And do you have a story to share? Click Submit News on discovermoosejaw.com. Toronto police say they have charged four people with committing identity theft and fraud worth millions of dollars. Police say a year-long investigation led them to identify a chain of people involved in the alleged scheme. They allege suspects stole the identities and personal banking information of victims, then used that information to create fraudulent IDs used to take over financial accounts. Two Nova Scotia students who spent eight months fighting to be repaid rent say their case emphasizes the need for legal reforms to protect tenants in the province. They left the student housing in South End Halifax last December following a mouse infestation, saying a doctor's note obtained about health impacts of the infestation permitted them to give one month's notice. The students won a small claims court case to have excessive security deposits and improper fees refunded. But they say the Nova Scotia's Residential Tenancies Act lacks sufficient penalties to bring an end to these practices. British authorities say a man has been charged with murder and preparing acts of terrorism 
in the stabbing death of a conservative lawmaker. Police say Ali Harbi Ali, a 25-year-old British man with Somali heritage, has been charged in the death of David Amos. The 69-year-old had served in Parliament for almost 40 years and was killed as he met with constituents at a church hall last week. And a Retail Council of Canada survey suggests Canadians are willing to spend big this holiday season. The survey found nationally, on average, Canadians plan to spend $792, up 14% from last year. I'm Pam Fedick. Now, Discover Moose Jaw Sports. Well, if there was any doubt which club is the team to beat in the Western Hockey League's East Division, the Winnipeg Ice erased it last night. The Ice erupted for seven unanswered third-period goals on their way to a 10-2 victory over the Moose Jaw Warriors. Cole Muir led the way for Winnipeg with two goals and two assists. Ryder Korzak and Eric Allry scored for the Warriors. The Ice are 8-0 and to start the season and in first place in the East Division. The Ice will visit Moose Jaw this Saturday night, game time 7 o'clock at Mosea Place. Ten games in the National Hockey League tonight, including Carolina in Montreal, where the Canadians are looking for their first win of the season after four straight losses to start the new campaign. The Atlanta Braves can win their first pennant in 22 years with a Game 5 victory in the National League Championship Series tonight. The Braves took control of that series with a 9-2 win over the Dodgers last evening. Atlanta's up three games to one. And Houston Astros took a 3-2 lead in the American League Championship Series with a 9-1 win over the Boston Red Sox. And the Washington Wizards went into Toronto last night and beat the Raptors 98-83. The Raptors will be back in action tomorrow night against the Boston Celtics. Now, your Discover Moose Jaw weather. A mix of sun and cloud today, the high 11 degrees, clear and cool tonight, low minus 6. Tomorrow, sunny with a gusty southeast wind, the high 8 degrees. Then Saturday, cloudy with a high of 7. Interesting to note, every morning forecast this week, has been calling for rain on Saturday. And then when they change the forecast at 11 a.m., they take the rain out of the forecast. So Saturday, cloudy now with a high of 7. Sunday, a mix of sun and cloud with a high of 11. Monday, mix of sun and cloud, high 13. Yesterday's high in Moose Jaw, 7 degrees. Normal high at this time of year is 10. Normal low minus 2. Record high, 26 degrees set in 2003. Record low minus 13 in 1976. Sun came up at 735 and the sun goes down at 559 today. This hour, Moose Jaw, mostly cloudy, plus 4 degrees. Regina, plus 2. Assiniboia Gravelberg, plus 3. Rockland Coronet, 2 degrees. Swift Current, 11. Elbow, plus 1. Davidson Watrous, 3. Once again, Assiniboia, 3. Regina, 2. And with the wind southeast at 17 and the relative humidity at 75%, it is plus 4 in Moose Jaw. From World Weather Incorporated, here's 800 CHAB Agriculture Weather Specialist, Drew Lerner. For Young's Equipment, your Case IH dealer in southern Saskatchewan. Limited amounts of moisture will be occurring across Saskatchewan as we move forward through the next few days, but the temperatures will stay seasonably pleasant. I'm meteorologist Drew Lerner for the Golden West Radio Network. A weak low-pressure system is approaching the region from the west, but it is expected to diminish before it gets all the way across the province today, and so we'll have southeast winds blowing across the region with a generally sunny to partly cloudy environment. There may be more cloud 
cover in the west than in the east. That's because of the close proximity of that low pressure system. And there may be a couple of spits and spats of moisture possible as we get forward into the late morning or early afternoon. But this precipitation will be totally insignificant. And as we go into the day tomorrow, the biggest issue will be the increasing southeast wind speeds. And we'll look for some gusts running 40 to 60 kilometers per hour. And it wouldn't surprise me if uh, places like the Swift Current area and areas northwest into Kindersley would see some gusts maybe of 60 to 65 kilometers per hour. So a pretty breezy day coming up Friday and it will stay that way on Saturday. This will be bringing some warmer air into the region but we will also have some cloud cover to deal with and so the temperatures are not going to get quite as warm as you might think. Afternoon temperatures will warm up into the upper single digits and lower teens this weekend across the northeast part of the province while the southwest will see temperatures work their way into some upper teens and perhaps some lower 20s. The warmest weather will probably begin as early as Friday depending on how much clearing we can get to occur in the southwest and most likely it'll be Saturday and Sunday that we'll see the warmest weather. Now we do expect another round of precipitation to occur across the province. This time it might be a little bit more significant and this will occur as we go into the Saturday night and continuing Sunday maybe even into early on Monday morning. The precipitation will impact about 60% of the province but the moisture totals are going to run from 1 to around 5 or 6 millimeters and there will be a little wet snow involved as well but it certainly is not expected to be very great. The majority of the region will see less than 1 or 2 millimeters of moisture. Nighttime low temperatures are likely to run mostly in the positive and negative single digits throughout the forecast period. For the Golden West Radio Network, I'm meteorologist Drew Lerner. Moose Jaw, notoriously entertaining. Strike up some fun, Phil Bowling Center. Rock and Glow Bowling is back Friday and Saturday nights and Saturday afternoons. Knock down some pins with your friends and family. Self Hill Bowling. Call 693-0955 to book your spot. Hi folks, Tim from Young's Equipment, your genuine Case IH parts and service dealer. Harvest is moving fast, so let's plan for next year. Book winter inspections on Case IH combines, tractors, and sprayers. Pricing of these quality service packages is held from last year until January 31st. Book now to take advantage of 10% off all genuine Case IH parts installed with the inspection. Special trucking rates and Young's loyalty program. Slots are filling fast. Contact Young's Equipment to avoid disappointment. Check youngs.ca today. This is Greg Marsnick from Heritage Insurance, and you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. Road report on the Heartland at Noon from Ian Addiction's Clothing Boutique in the Town and Country Mall. New fall fashions have just arrived. Small to 2XL at Maya Addiction's Clothing Boutique, Town and Country Mall. Well, there's close to two dozen holes in local roads in various neighborhoods today. Of course, they continue to cast iron waterman replacement in a number of areas. Fairford East, Caribou West, 7th Northwest. Carlton Street as well, and that's St. Michael Palliser Heights School neighborhood. So Carlton and 10th is close to vehicular traffic. Also, add to the list today, sewer and water relay work going on on Grandview Street, 800 block. And on Henley's Avenue, in that St. Agnes Vanya Collegiate neighborhood, between Hall and Saskatchewan Streets. If you have trouble in traffic anytime, you can give me a call. We can alert other motorists right here on CHAB. 
That's the Moose Jaw RV and Marine Contest line or text line. You can call or text 693-8000. Now, today's Paul Martin commentary. This is Small Business Week in Canada. It's set aside each year to recognize the contribution entrepreneurs and small business owners make to our national economy and social well-being. It's sponsored by the federal lender BDC for more than four decades now, but this one holds special significance because of COVID. It was a disruptor for many businesses, particularly smaller ones, that found themselves facing everything from outright closures to partial operations such as curbside or delivery only. But a new study from Scotiabank has determined that business owners themselves feel they are doing better than expected. More than half are doing as well or better than they were before COVID. It's a testament to their ability to pivot, a term that itself was coined over the past 18 months. Consumers are also encouraged to shop local. That's something those not in business themselves can do to support the enterprises that create jobs and investment in their own communities. For those who are in business, it also might be a time to become a mentor, to assist someone else who's just starting out on the entrepreneurial journey. I'm Paul Martin. Attention malt barley growers. Prairie Malt and Bigger is offering competitive bids on 2021 Copeland, Metcalf, Synergy, Connect, Fraser, and Bow Barley varieties. And they also require soft white wheat, so send them samples today. Aggressive bids and nearby movement is available for malt barley and soft white wheat into Bigger, Saskatchewan. Contact Prairie Malt today for details and pricing. 1-306-948-3500. 1-306-948-3500. Call today. This is Aaron Rustin of Purpose Financial, where we've been bringing clarity, understanding, and success to our clients' personal financial plans for over 35 years. And you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800-CHAB. It's at the point where it's getting exhausting, isn't it? Uh, Even for people in our business, dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic on a daily basis. Uh, The latest... From the stats from yesterday, five more people have died, 246 new positive cases. Uh, that makes 3,174 active cases of COVID-19 in Saskatchewan. 3,174 people have COVID-19 right now in Saskatchewan. In the south-central zone, two uh, of the new cases recorded here yesterday. Our active case count in the local zone now sits at 77. That's a number that has been trending in the right direction all week long. So that's encouraging. Currently, 323 people are in hospitals with COVID-19, 241 receiving inpatient care, 82 people in ICU. 73% of the people in hospitals are unvaccinated. Now, a related story on discovermoosejaw.com under the headline, Modeling Numbers Show ICUs Could Be Overwhelmed for Months. New COVID-19 modeling numbers released yesterday, giving us a glimpse into what Saskatchewan can expect in the coming days and months of the pandemic. When it came to ICU admissions, the modeling looked at five different scenarios. Current behaviors without any new public health orders. Current behaviors with booster shots for the 60-plus age group. 14-day reduced gathering limits and booster shots for the 60-plus age group. 28-day gathering limits with 60-plus boosters and lifting all public health measures after 28 days, and a 28-day gathering limit with the 60-plus booster and mandatory masks and proof of vaccination after 28 days. 
At the current rate, with no new public health orders, the modeling shows that intensive care units in Saskatchewan will not be able to get back to sustainable levels for months. Saskatchewan's Chief Medical Health Officer, Dr. Saqib Shahab, made an emotional plea with us to reduce gathering sizes, even if there aren't public health orders. Here's some of what he had to say yesterday. I, I cannot comment on government decisions to, uh, uh, you know, uh, release information uh, or not release information. I think those decisions include whatever is posted on the dashboard, which is quite good in many ways. Um, but again, there's lots of data that's assembled all the time for planning purposes, and 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 some of that is released either on on the website or as reports. Uh, but I do want to say one thing that, you know, I, and I mentioned this before, and I am very empathetic. You know, I work with, along, along with our colleagues, Derek and others in acute care, we work with the modeling colleagues and our epi colleagues every day. We connect every day. I have the greatest respect for these, uh, uh, for these professionals who often don't get recognized. You know, we obviously recognize healthcare providers and others, but these are professionals who start early in the morning, work late into the night, um, and they generate the data that is a reliable source of information for us to plan. Now, when we look at data that's up to this current time, that's what we know happened, and, and that relates to the epidemiology. Modeling is an art and a science, and modeling, like I said, projects. It, it doesn't predict. It projects what can happen based on what we know now and what uh, are the potential uh, scenarios, which I just showed on slide number 10, but, you know, public health orders, public policies, government policies can change the trajectory. Um, what we do individually in terms of getting vaccinated, staying home if you're sick, being very careful around our gatherings, following all the protocols, including mask use, can change the trajectory. So, you know, uh, behavior, our individual and collective behavior is a key component, and that is to some extent impacted by government orders. But... You know, we've always worked hard and, um, you know, we've pulled together and, you know, it's been a divisive time many times. But, you know, I think um, in the past I've been, uh, there's mentioned that, you know, Dr. Shah just pleads to the public and he doesn't direct an order. But I have no shame in pleading to the public that, you know, we've, we've gone so far and, you know, we're, we just have to pull along for the next few weeks and months and... You know, it is distressing to see what is happening in our ICUs and hospitals. And I'm sorry, I, you know, it's a very challenging time. Thank you. So I just say that, you know, all the evidence is out there. And it is very distressing to see unvaccinated, young, healthy people ending up in ICU and dying. You know, and, it, you know, I'm watching this from a distance, but the the... Pressure this puts, we talked about burnout, you know, Derek talked about burnout on staff. You know, to see young lives lost through a vaccine preventable disease, how can we accept this in a, in, a, in, a, in a country where we've had vaccines available for everyone ever since July? So again, you know, the fact that even the small proportion who remain unvaccinated are generating enough cases. And first of all, these are individuals uh, who are not just being hospitalized or being shipped out there are fa friends, family members who are getting sick and dying. And of course, the uh, other impacts of delayed care. So again, apologies if, uh, you know, if I'm being a bit unprofessional, but 
you know, it, it is very challenging because we all want to the, this to be behind us and it won't be for many months for other reasons and we'll have to look at booster doses and other precautions for the next little while. But right now, I think we have an opportunity as the modeling shows, as scenario number five shows, by reducing our contacts, you know, getting as high a vaccine uptake as we can um, and, and just being careful in our social uh, contacts uh, and, and we can turn this around, and we've done this again and again. Public health orders help, but ultimately it's been our collective and individual actions that has, has turned things around. Dr. Saqib Shahab getting very emotional yesterday, and he, like uh, most of us, just can't understand uh, why uh, people are choosing not to be vaccinated. Also this morning, the provinces and the federal government I have agreed on a new national vaccine passport for domestic and international travel. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau confirmed at a news conference this morning that the provinces and territories have agreed on the look, feel, and security measures based on the international standard for smart health cards. All provinces plan to have their own version of the Canadian document available by the end of next month. Officials have also been working with international travel organizations and border service agencies of top Canadian destinations to ensure the documents will be recognized around the world. Prime Minister Trudeau speaking to us this morning. As people know, Canada has been a world leader on vaccinations. Uh, And that's just uh, part of what Canadians were able to do through this pandemic, where we saw everyone from frontline health workers uh, to community workers to individual Canadians stepping up during this pandemic to be there for each other, uh, to do the right things to get us through this. And it has culminated, of course, in vaccinations, uh, as Canada is now uh, among the world leaders in vaccination rates uh, amongst eligible Canadians, that is, you know, 12 and older. The government also, uh, all the orders of government have been there uh, to support Canadians, particularly on the federal side where uh, we scrambled to deliver PPE, we've scrambled to ensure that we have vaccines for everyone, uh, and we're also ensuring booster shots uh, for the coming years as they become necessary, listening to the uh, expert advice uh, on how we move forward. But when we talk about the high vaccination rates of Canadians, uh, you know, 82, 85, 87% in various jurisdictions of Canadians fully vaccinated, it's always eligible Canadians. Because we know, particularly those of us who are parents, uh, like I am of uh, kids under 12, that not everyone can get vaccinated yet. We have heard uh, that Pfizer uh, has now submitted Uh, for regulatory approval at Health Canada, a pediatric vaccine for kids 5 to 11. This is great news. I can assure you that Health Canada is uh, going to be examining attentively uh, that submission. And even though I know parents uh, are all going to be eager to get their kids vaccinated as quickly and as soon as possible, I want people to be patient because Health Canada is going to be taking the time necessary to ensure that like all vaccines approved for use in Canada, vaccines approved for kids 5 to 11 will be fully safe and effective. It is extremely important that they go through all the full processes necessary so that every parent can have confidence 
when these vaccines do get approved, that they will be safe for their children, to keep us all safe, to keep them safe, to keep our communities and schools safe as we move forward. And therefore, what I'm very pleased to be announcing today is that we have worked directly with Pfizer and shortly after the time comes for Health Canada to approve those vaccines for pediatric use, we will uh, receive millions of doses in Canada, enough to get uh, all kids under uh, between 5 and 11 vaccinated as quickly as possible. We will have the supply necessary to support every kid across the country from 5 to 11 with vaccinations as soon as possible after Health Canada approved it. Uh, we made a commitment to ensure that there is a national standard for a proof of vaccination certificate uh, that will be issued by every province and territory so that people can travel domestically but particularly internationally. And today I'm happy to confirm that all provinces and territories have confirmed uh, that they will be moving forward with a standardized national proof of vaccination. Uh, as of today, so far we have Saskatchewan, Ontario, Quebec, Nova Scotia, Newfoundland, and all three provinces, uh, all three territories, Nunavut, uh, Northwest Territories, and Yukon, who already have put into use uh, the national standard for proof of vaccination. Uh, you can download it onto your phone, uh, you can print it out, uh, you can uh, ask for a copy by mail if uh, you don't have those capacities, but you are now able uh, to show proofs of vaccination immediately in all those provinces and all other provinces have uh, agreed and are working hard to come online so that uh, as Canadians look to start traveling again, there will be a standardized proof of vaccination certificate that, as we said, uh, we will be uh, picking up the tab for at the federal level to ensure that all provinces uh, are able to do it. Uh, and we'll also move forward on our other commitments we made around vaccinations and safety uh, and COVID, which is uh, moving forward on legislation to keep uh, healthcare workers safe from intimidation and uh, uh, being hassled. So we can end this pandemic and get back to the things we love. It's a reminder as well, as we move forward on all these measures, for folks who still haven't yet gotten their full vaccinations, please get yourself vaccinated. It's the way we can all get back to the things we love, avoid further lockdowns and make sure that our economy comes roaring back and we're keeping our most vulnerable as protected as possible. Also this morning, the federal Liberal Party, uh, our government, uh, announced they are reshaping pandemic aid to businesses and workers starting this weekend. The federal wage and rent subsidies scheduled to expire on Saturday, along with benefits for some unemployed workers. Finance Minister Christian Freeland told us the government will shift to offering more direct subsidies to struggling sectors of the economy. Freeland also says income support measures will only go to workers off the job because of a lockdown. She adds that the federal sickness and caregiving benefits will stick around past this weekend. The estimated cost to Canada with the new measures, $7.4 billion. We'll take a time out and we'll be back to speak with the deputy fire chief here in Moose Jaw, Mike Russell, who, like many of us, 
is uh, alarmed by the number of intentionally set fires over the course of the past few weeks here in Moose Jaw. That story coming up next on the Heartland at Noon. At Prairie Heart Mobility, you'll feel like family as soon as you walk in the door. Saskatchewan's leader in stair lifts, chair lifts, and a full line of the very best in medical supplies. Whether you're being fitted for equipment for the first time, in need of a repair, or looking to upgrade, Prairie Heart will provide you with the best solution for you and your family. Prairie Heart Mobility, making the hard days a little easier. In Moose Jaw, Regina, and Saskatoon. PrairieHeartMobility.com. Your family here. Always where the heart is. Prairie Heart Mobility. No tricks, just spooky Halloween costumes and scarily good treats for your pet. Stock up now at your local pet value. Nutter's Healthy Autumn Lifestyles Flyer features 20% off New Chapters line of vitamins and supplements, plus 20% off Renew Life Probiotics. Nutter's Everyday Naturals. While it's true that the Canadian government has established low-risk alcohol drinking guidelines, where, when, and how much you drink is still your responsibility. Whether it's an occasional treat or a daily luxury, every drink carries a risk. Always think before you drink, and never put yourself in a position where your drinking could put yourself and others in harm's way. Please drink responsibly, and don't ever drink and drive. This message has been brought to you by 800-CHAB. This is Greg Marsnick from Heritage Insurance, and you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800-CHAB. You can see the photos from the latest fire on discovermoosejaw.com. Today, we got a, an action shot of the fire burning uh, in, the, uh, well, the, in the darkness. And then uh, the aftermath uh, of the garage fire over on the east end, 400 block of Staticona Street East. Police and fire responded to a garage fire just after 1.30 in the morning uh, yesterday. No injuries. The cause of the fire still under investigation. But Moose Jaw police say it is suspicious. There have been a number of intentionally set fires in Moose Jaw this month, most on the east and south sides of the cities. Uh, the city, that is. Uh, if you know who's responsible or have any information, the Moose Jaw Police Service would love to hear from you. You can also contact Crime Stoppers by using the P3 Tips app or by calling 1-800-222-TIPS. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll have more on this story as it develops. Uh, well, it hasn't developed much. I learned uh, that this morning from Deputy Fire Chief Mike Russell. Uh, there's not much I can tell you so far, Rob, other than that, uh, you know, obviously we had a, we had a garage fire um, that came in on around 129, 130 uh, that morning, so yesterday morning, I guess, um, when the crews got on scene, the garage was involved, as was the power pole. Uh, we extinguished it, um, as well as the power pole, and they damaged a bunch of wires for the neighboring neighborhood. Um, we were on scene basically for about an hour and a half, and you know it's still under investigation. So, yeah, and police for, have police have deemed it suspicious, uh, which is so troubling. That's uh, at least ten suspicious fires in the course of the last several weeks. Yeah, yeah, and that's. That's our main concern right now. You know, we're not ruling out suspicious either. You know, our investigators, um, you know, gave us a value of what he's estimating a loss at, and it'll continue to be investigated. But uh, the police saying suspicious is, of course, that's where we're at too. Um, but we won't have that nailed down until we do our final report. 
These uh, investigations, I'm assuming uh, you work hand-in-hand with the Moose Jaw Police Service? Yeah, for something like this, we do, most definitely, yeah. Um, luckily, uh, most of the fires uh, have not uh, have not done any damage to human life, but uh, there was uh, there were some injuries and a pet lost in a in a fire on Caribou Street several days ago. Can you update us on that investigation? No, I don't know anything about that. I don't know if that one was deemed suspicious or not, Rob. To be honest with you, um, we we were investigating where the cause of the fire was, but. Uh, Last, last I spoke with our investigator, he wasn't deeming that one suspicious. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is there some yeah. messaging we need to get out to the community? I suppose just to be vigilant and uh, and watch for any sus- suspicious activity, I suppose, right? Yeah, I think the only thing we can say is obviously this is of a concern to us. And we take it very seriously. Um, yeah, you know, be, be vigilant. Uh, look after your neighbors. Keep an eye out. Uh, one thing I will say is if we can keep... Uh, um, debris and stuff clear from these type of locations in the back alley being both, you know, material debris or vegetation, um, you know, get your leaves and rake them up and put them in bags and stuff like that, just so there's not an, an avenue for anything further, um, you know, and then like I said, it's just us hoping that, uh, you know, this is uh, something we can we can stop rather quickly. Deputy Fire Chief Mike Russell on the Heartland at noon. Again, if you have any information uh, about the fires, contact uh, Moose Jaw Police. They'd really like to solve this problem before uh, before somebody dies, frankly. Uh, a number of intentionally set fires, uh, nine or ten, uh, have been deemed suspicious over the course of the past uh, several days. We'll take a time out and be, talk, uh, be back to talk a little hockey. Cheer up a little. Next, Heartland at noon on CHAB. Attention cattle producers, the Van Cota Stockman's Lake Company this Friday, October 22nd at 12 noon. The Red Angus Hereford, Charlie Cross calf sale. October 25th, the Cow Call sale starting at 10. Last week's Angus Deer calf sale, 450 average, 241 or $1,100. 550 weights average, 218 or $1,200. 650 weights average, 207 or $1,345. Our sales are broadcast on dvauction.com. Calves sale Friday at noon. Call 306 478 2229. Before CS2600 CRT True Flex Canola with Roundup Ready technology from Cantera Seeds, I plan my summer around spray time, not lake time. But with CS2600 CRT's flexible application timing, the only thing getting sprayed right now is me. And with its first and second generation club root resistance and excellent straight cut performance, it fits my farm like a snug swimsuit. Visit Cantera.com to order CS2600 CRT from your preferred retailer. Always read and follow grain marketing and stewardship requirements and pesticide label directions. Christmas is the most magical time of year, and in Moose Jaw, it starts now with Christmas in Moose Jaw. Today through Sunday, our downtown businesses are excited to see you and show you the new holiday must-haves. Go to downtownmoosejaw.ca to browse Christmas in Moose Jaw and experience all our wonderful downtown businesses have to offer. Shopping, dining, services, accommodations, entertainment, and more shopping. It's Christmas in Moose Jaw, now through Sunday. Brought to you by the Downtown Moose Jaw Association. Tis the season to shop Christmas in Moose Jaw. This is Aaron Rustin of Purpose Financial, where we've been bringing clarity, understanding, and success to our clients' personal financial plans for over 35 years. And you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800-CHAB. Our Moose Jaw Warriors went into Winnipeg on uh, Tuesday to make sure they were well-rested and ready to go last night. Uh, That didn't work out real well. If you were listening last night, you know it was a close game until the third period. 
The Winnipeg Ice took a 3-2 lead into period number three last night and then erupted for seven unanswered third period goals and took a 10-2 win over the Moose Jaw Warriors. Moose Jaw has an opportunity to get that one back when they host the ice on Saturday night at Mosea Place. Voice of the Warriors' James Gallo featured Moose Jaw's own Atlee Calvert during an intermission last night on Country 100. Calvert has now appeared in 44 WHL games with our Warriors, dating back to the 2019-2020 season when he got into 13 contests as a 16-year-old. Calvert, of course, the son of former Western Hockey League goalie Jeff Calvert, who played with the Warriors and then the Tacoma Rockets during a five-year career. Jeff now, of course, a Moose Jaw firefighter. Atlee Calvert played in the Moose Jaw Minor Hockey Association before emerging at the Prairie Hockey Academy out at Karenport, where he worked closely with current Warriors assistant uh, assistant coach Scott King. And Atlee, I want to go back first off to the hub season. As unusual as that experience was, how did that experience help you to get ready for a full-time Western Hockey League season, getting used to the pace and the speed? No, it was good because it was so condensed, right? Um, it was easy to get used to the pace and the speed, and um, you know, it's just good because it, you played a lot of games in a short amount of time, so then kind of got the legs under you and you kind of realize what that's what an average two months would look like in the real Western League season. Now, coming out of the hub and you went into the offseason, what were your goals to get ready for this year? Uh, my goal is to get bigger, so I tried to put on some size, put on some mass, and get stronger, and I think I did that, and I feel a lot better this year than last year. Well, take us through the offseason. Who'd you work with, and, and what did they work with you on? Uh, I worked with uh, Dustin Friesen out of PHA. He uh, He's actually he's really good. He uh, just finished playing, so it was good to get with him and just worked on a lot of power stuff, a lot of single leg kind of stuff to get ready. Talking with Usha Warrior, Atlee Calvert. Uh, Atlee, when you think about your game, what would you view as your biggest strengths and what do you view are areas that you want to continue to improve on? Uh, my biggest strength, I'd have to say, is my ability to play below the tops of circles and play a 200-foot game. I take pride in that and that's how I shape my game and play in front of the net. And I think my biggest weakness that i got to keep working on is my skating and that's always been like that. Atlee, is, is this team returns a lot of players from the hub season. And with a lot of guys coming back, there's a lot of familiarity. But does that also increase expectations for this team? Oh, we're we're built to win, so we're going to try and win, right? So it's good that everyone came back, and we got a lot of guys back, so it's good with chemistry and stuff like that. And, yeah, the expectations are high this year. For yourself personally, what are your goals for the season? Uh, I just want to have a strong season. I want to help my team in as many ways as I can, and I just want to have a just show some growth compared to last year. Describe what your role is on this team and describe how you can build that role as the season goes on. Uh, I just have to be strong and hard to play against on this team. You know, I I take pride in playing my game and playing below the tops of circles and I like to finish checks and I like to play physical. I just like to be a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody wants to play that way, Atlete. Is it nice that you take pride in playing that way? Yeah, you know, I like to play that way and I like to get under guys' skin, so it's fun. Talking with Moose Jaw Zone, Atlee Calvert. Again, Moose Jaw Zone, the only guy from Moose Jaw playing with the Warriors. And I'd like to ask, being a hometown guy, does that bring extra expectation? Is it hard or does it drive you more to succeed? I remember you know, hearing David Baruch talk at his Hall of Fame ceremony. He said, you know, there shouldn't be extra pressure playing at home. It should just make you want to succeed more. Is that something you believe in? Yeah, you know, I think he said it. I think he said it perfectly. It's, it's fun. I enjoy playing at home and... 
it's uh, doesn't feel like any extra pressure. It's just a lot of fun putting on the jersey every night. Easy getting used to the cooking, knowing that you've been used to it for the last 18 years of your life. Yeah, my billets are pretty good at home. So, yeah, no, my mom does Mom does an awesome job, so it's pretty easy living at home. Ali, uh, you know, again, local product. Maybe take us through, you know, your Meyer hockey days. Who are some coaches that have had an, have had an impact on you? Be it, you know, at the younger ages or maybe even at the U18 level. Uh, my dad coached me growing up until I was about ten, so that was pretty cool. And just learning from him because he played the game too. He was a goalie though, so it's a little <laughs> different. Um, but no, like I worked with Kinger since I've been probably twelve, so no, it's good. Um, and then. Uh, Micah Abbott and Eric Robitaille at PHA, and they helped me. They helped me tremendously. And Lloyd, uh, Lloyd Friesen, and um, yeah, and Dustin this year. So yeah, a lot, a lot of good coaches, and they've helped me along my way. I'd like to go a little bit more into your relationship with assistant coach Scott King. Work with you out of PHA here with minor hockey. You know, how does that familiarity help you grow as a player? I uh, know it's easy. Kinger has always been there, and he's always helped me work on my skills. So it's it's a lot of fun, especially and Mark too. I've worked with Mark quite a bit too. So it's it's an easy transition, and it was an easy transition. So yeah, it's good. Winding down with Mushell Warrior Atlee Calvert. Here's some fun questions, Atlee. First off, favorite NHL team and player. Uh, I like the Colorado Avalanche, and uh, I think my favorite player is McKinnon. He's pretty sick. So, yeah. <laughs> favorite pregame meal? What's mom making for you at home? Uh, just chicken and rice, basic. I, uh, I just, yeah, nothing too, nothing too fancy. Favorite movie to watch on the bus? Movie to watch on the bus? Uh, I'm a big Dark Knight guy. I like the Batman movies. They're good. So the whole trilogy, or just one in particular? Yeah, the uh, Dark Knight is probably my favorite with the Joker. It's a pretty good movie. So does that mean you're looking forward to the new series with Robert Pattinson as the new Batman? Yeah, for sure. I'm going to watch it. And I don't know, the old one is really good, so it's going to be tough to top that one, I think. Lastly, Atley, you have to diffuse the myth. Did you get two hole-in-ones this summer? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Take us through the holes and, and, and where were they? Uh, yeah, so hole six at the Hillcrest. It's par three up the hill, about 180 yards. I uh, just hit a nice little cut six iron in there and just saw it rolling on the green and I was like, oh, this looks pretty good. And just disappeared and we all like looked at each other and we weren't sure if it went in or not. And then, yeah, the second one was pretty crazy. It's hole nine at the Hillcrest. It's par four, 300 yards, dog leg to the right. I just hit my driver and we all looked at, like we're all like oh yeah that'll be on the green probably walked up couldn't find it looked in the hole it's right in the hole i was like wow <laughs> atley i have a tough time getting hole in ones in mini golf so it's amazing that you did it twice in one summer hey uh, atley again it's great watching on the ice excited to see what you and the moose Jaw warriors can do as the season continues perfect thank you atley calvert of the moose Jaw warriors uh, one of my fondest memories uh, of calling western hockey league games and i did it for 15 years uh, on CHAB, traveling with the Warriors, uh, and I can't believe this is twenty, almost 29 years ago. I remember it like it was yesterday uh, when Atlee's dad, Jeff, scored a goal for the Tacoma Rockets against the Moose Jaw Warriors. It was 5-4 late in the... The Warriors were up, I think, 4-2 after 2, and then it was uh, it was 5-4 for Tacoma late in the game. Calvert had already... He's the goalie, right? And he already had an assist that game and then with the Warriors net empty and then pressing with the uh, extra attacker down 5-4 Armstrong shoots it back in Warriors coming in and after it Calvert's got the puck he'll take the shot himself it's going the length of the ice he scored Jeff Calvert scores 
with 10 seconds to go. Unbelievable. At the Tacoma Dome, the Tacoma Rockets beat the Warriors that night, 6-4, to December 29th, 1992. We'll take a break and come back. Heartland at noon, CHAB. Class is in session. Time for another lesson in rock and roll history on 800 CHAB. Oftentimes, there are philosophical and meaningful backstories that help determine a band's name, not Loverboy. Paul Dean came up with the band's name while flipping through a fashion magazine in 1979. What started as Cover Girl became Coverboy and finally Loverboy. In terms of their musician composition, Dean credits Jim Cale, bass player from the Guess Who, with helping him learn to be a serious songwriter. The musician advised him to tie his lyrics together into something meaningful rather than just stringing together together phrases. Loverboy went on to release four platinum albums, over a million copies sold for each. This has been another Rock and Roll History Lesson, brought to you by Culligan Water and Moostra. Better water, pure and simple. KCS Marketing, a division of Kathy's Custom Stitchery. Putting your name on almost anything since 1989. KCSMarketing.ca. Thanks for supporting local. Dignity Bath. Safety. Comfort. Dignity and Community Service Radio, 800 CHAB. Discover Moostraw weather for Prairie Heart Mobility. Make life easier with quality mobility products. Discover your options at prairieheartmobility.com. Today, a mix of sun and cloud with a high of 11. Tonight will be clear with the wind up to 15 kilometers per hour, a low of minus 6 with a wind chill of minus 10 overnight. Tomorrow, sunny wind coming from the southeast at 30 kilometers per hour, gusting to 50 in the morning. A high of plus 8 and wind chill of minus 10 in the morning. Tomorrow night, increasing cloudiness with a low of zero. Saturday, cloudy with a high of seven. Sunday, a mix of sun and cloud with a high of 11. Monday, a mix of sun and cloud with a high of 13. Coming up tonight, the Chamber of Commerce is hosting the mayoral forum where all nine candidates will answer questions from the chamber and the public. That's at 6.30 p.m. tonight. Go to discovermoosejaw.com to watch the live stream. You can also visit our website to get complete online weather anytime or visit the Moose Jaw Live app. I'm Katherine Ludwig. This is Aaron Rustin of Purpose Financial, where we've been bringing clarity, understanding, and success to our clients' personal financial plans for over 35 years. And you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. You may have heard this story earlier this week. Wearing a surgical face mask as protection from COVID-19 does not affect performance of youth hockey players. It's a University of Saskatchewan study. A research team finding that wearing face masks to protect against the COVID-19 during play does not affect the sports performance of youth hockey players ages 9 to 14. Parents of a hockey player under the age of 12 can rest assured that their child can be protected from COVID-19 while they're playing at their best. According to Dr. Phil Chilibeck, who co-authored the study. He spoke with our Sean Slatt. I guess, first of all, can you just tell me a little bit about how you uh, conducted this study? Yeah, so the motivation for the study came from the fact that, you know, last year there was a lot of COVID spread through hockey. Like, there were a lot of hockey teams, uh, not only in Saskatchewan, but, you know, um, North America, around the world, where there was a lot of COVID spread. So, you know, hockey is a sport that, involves close contact, uh, the players are breathing heavy, and the arenas are poorly ventilated. And so there's a lot of potential for COVID spread, uh, you know, during hockey games. 
So the motivation came here from, um, you know, the fact that uh, there's a lot of kids, obviously, that still play hockey, and uh, the season's starting up right now. And the under-12 group is still all unvaccinated. So, you know, we don't want hockey to be canceled again because of COVID. And so we have to figure out ways to prevent COVID spread, you know, to allow them to continue with their hockey seasons. Okay, so did you have a group of kids that you looked at who were wearing masks versus not wearing masks? Uh, How did that work? Exactly, yeah. So we brought in... uh, a group of boys and girls, they were aged 9 to 14, and we put them through testing in our lab at the university. So they did a test on a, a stationary bike uh, that was set up to simulate the intensities that they would experience while skating a period of hockey. So they did shifts on the bike instead of shifts on the ice. Uh, and we did it in the, in the lab so that we could hook them up to a bunch of physiological equipment so we measured their heart rate we measured the oxygen levels in their blood and at the muscle Um, and uh, as a follow-up to that we also did some on ice testing just to make the testing more valid Uh, you know you can't you can't replicate perfectly everything on a bike Uh, so we did do some on ice performance testing uh, again with the face mask and without the face mask with the um, lab testing, we found very little differences in the physiological measurements, so no changes in heart rate uh, or blood oxygen levels when wearing the face mask. The only difference we found was that the oxygen levels at the muscle were slightly reduced when uh, wearing a face mask, um, but it did not affect their performance on the bike, so they were still able to um, cycle with the same power output with and without the mask. And when we did the performance testing on the ice, again, there was no difference between the mask and no mask condition. Okay. Uh, So I guess there's maybe a little bit of a perception that masks could hinder performance. Uh, Where do you think maybe that preconception comes from? So there is some, you know, uh, theoretical aspects to wearing a mask in that you're exhaling your air into the mask and you are going to rebreathe, rebreathe some of that air which contains carbon dioxide. So normally we exhale carbon dioxide and we don't inhale a large amount of carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. If you're wearing a mask, you're going to be inhaling uh, a slightly higher amount of carbon dioxide. But that amount of carbon dioxide is small enough that it does not affect your Um, your physiological performance. So it doesn't affect the amount of oxygen that's carried in your blood. So what do you hope will come out of these findings? Uh, We're hopeful that this can be, you know, encouraged as just one of uh, a number of mitigation strategies uh, during the ice hockey season uh, to prevent the spread of COVID. So we're hoping that, you know, uh, we're hoping that the kids can stay healthy during their hockey season and that they don't bring COVID back to their families. Uh, and we're hoping that they'll be able to play their entire hockey season um, and, and, and get a full uh, season this year. There's more on this story on discovermoosejaw.com today if you care to check it out or share it on your social media feed.
I'm Rob Carney. We'll take a time out and be back with my daily commentary next. It's uh, my take on uh, what happened on the Heartland at noon yesterday. River Street Promotions donating $65,000, the proceeds from their uh, Homestand 21 concert in August. Heartland at Noon continues next. 800 CHAB, connecting the community. I'm Tegan Wicko. Your donation to the Better Together Food Drive could be worth twice as much this year. Here's Jason Moore from the Moose Jaw Food Bank with all the details. We are Better Together. It's that time of year again. By now, a Better Together flyer has been hand-delivered to your house in an effort to raise funds for the Moose Jaw District Food Bank. This year, Casino Moose Jaw is matching your donation dollar for dollar up to $10,000. This means your donation could be doubled. What a great investment into our community. To donate online, visit mjfoodbank.org or mail a check to 270 Fairford Street West, S6H1V6. Food donations can be dropped off at our new location Monday to Friday from 9 a.m. until 2 p.m. Thank you to everyone for your support. Connecting the community. Brought to you by Moose Jaw Truck Shop, your number one diesel truck repair experts. Visit Moose Jaw Truck Shop on Facebook for more information. Beachcomber Hot Tubs, 270 Caribou Street West in Moose Jaw. And Community Service Radio, 800 CHAB. Whether it's a scrimmage with friends, the game-winning goal, or a personal best, sports, activity, exercise, it feels great. But sometimes we overdo it and need help to get back in the game, back on the ice, and back to active. The Moose Jaw Co-op Pharmacy at Hillcrest has the supports and bracing you need to do just that. For home health and active living solutions, see the Moose Jaw Co-op Pharmacy at Hillcrest, corner of Main and Thatcher. The Moose Jaw Co-op. Be part of something bigger. The Organization of Saskatchewan Arts Councils, OSAC, is excited to be bringing the arts back to your community. This fall, their member arts councils, the Cinnaboy Arts Council, and the Moose Jaw Cultural Center will be presenting concerts and look forward to welcoming you back. Please visit osac.ca for artists, dates, and ticket information. While you are there, be sure to check out the OSAC Online 5050 with a draw on December 17th. OSAC, over 50 years of bringing the arts to you. Start your engines. On your marks. Get set. Go. Don't be that guy. Keep your truck running in tip-top shape with Moose Jaw Truck Shop. Not going to be a quick fix? No worries. They now offer loaner vehicles. The caring service you'd expect from a family-run business. The results you deserve, backed by years of training and experience. Your number one diesel truck experts. Moose Jaw Truck Shop. Visit them online at moosejawtruckshop.com. What strikes me most, what warms my heart, is that the local people who spent months putting it all together did not do it for themselves. They did it for us. River Street Promotions, a group of four local men, did something no one has ever done before this past summer, staging an outdoor concert at Roswell's Park. The K-plus-S Potash Canada Homestand 21 concert attracted about 1,200 music fans and a number of generous sponsors who jumped on board when they learned where the proceeds would go. Yesterday, live on 800 CHAB, River Street Promotions presented the Prairie South School Division with $50,000 for mental health initiatives. They also donated $15,000 to Roswell's Park to assist with improvements and renovations. How about a tip of the hat and a way to go today for River Street Promotions? They are James Murdoch, Shay Jamison, Andy Hamilton, and Jared Matheson. Good people doing great things for Moose Jaw. Oh, and they're already planning Homestand 22. I'll see you there. I'm Rob Kearney.